Hello there, welcome to another week of full-time Team Talk. We're back for another week of the Premier League and we've come back to the Champions League. James, it's out of the limelight of the Carabao Cup, which I'm sure we're gutted about. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, yes, straight up. Like, So we're back to the Champions League, which we will discuss later. Um, but first of all, we are going to stick with the Premier League and we're going to go, James, first to your club, Liverpool, who had a game which... Was probably I, I would I would say is one of the most Liverpool games I've possibly ever seen. Why don't you talk us through? Yeah, I mean, you look at basically our record over the last few weeks, and it's not been amazing for us. And to go from uh, a game against Leicester in the Carabao Cup, as you mentioned, we're out of it now, thanks to Leicester. Yeah, losing two 0 there after dominating the first half, um, you could only expect really a loss coming into this game. Um, but Liverpool actually played, um, went amazingly 2-0 up, thanks to some very good play by Coutinho with a big cross to Salah and uh, a good free kick uh, to put us 2-0 up. And for, we actually thought it was going to be probably plain sailing from there, but you never count Leicester out of a game. And um, there was several uh, maybe dodgy decisions made on both sides, I would say, uh, then there's Google Mignolet giving away a penalty to Jamie Vardy, only to save the exact same one. Um, but yeah, end of the game, we've won 3-2. But as anybody anybody who's a Liverpool fan will tell you, you can never, ever watch a Liverpool game where you think to yourself that we aren't going to cock it up somehow and we nearly cocked this one up again. And it's quite interesting that we, we, we talked very early on in the podcast about um, about Coutinho and we were kind of saying, you know, obviously his head was turned at some point to some degree, but he is going to come back. He probably is going to do quite well. And we, we kind of saw this like already. We, we kind of saw it in this game. And I think it shows what a really inf- influential player he is and how, how well he can do. And I think obviously if he can... If Klopp can kind of turn his head back enough and go, because I think what we are possibly expecting is for Barcelona maybe to come back in for him in the summer possibly, as they did with Suarez. Uh, maybe he might go in the summer, maybe not, we'll see. But he'll give you another good season. If he keeps on putting in performances like that, I think obviously you, you might agree that Liverpool's fortunes may change. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were all wondering how uh, Coutinho was going to take uh, going back into the team uh, whether he would be the same player as he was last season in, this, in fairness the last couple of seasons to be fair um, and we're all, we were all wondering as Liverpool fans and even fans outside of the club whether he was going to be the same player and within a couple of a couple of games especially against Leicester um, he's just kind of shown he's still got uh, amazing talent he's been very professional uh, on his return and like the, like you said, Luis Suarez, who uh, did um, look like he was going at one point and then had to spend another season at Liverpool, uh, he was an absolute professional and had one of his best seasons for us. And hopefully Coutinho can do the same. And if Barcelona did come in at the end of the season and do put in a, a proper offer this time, to be in all fairness, the, the, the offers that were put on the table for him, you know, if you're going to pay, we'll pay for Dembele. Coutinho's on the same level, if not better. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say hopefully um, he plays a lot this season and he can be very influential for us. 
And everything, as you mentioned as well, Mignolet obviously saved a penalty. And to my recollection, I could be wrong, it could be maybe just my imagination, but I'm sure he has saved a lot of penalties for Liverpool. He has. Actually, he's a very good uh, stopper, basically, of the penalties. And, uh, I think, I believe, this, uh, I think it's his last nine, he saves six of them, uh, which is it's very good uh, for a keeper. And I think if he could just... If he could just have that level of concentration uh, in his other duties, um, you know, because Minley hasn't had the best few seasons. Liverpool, he did look like he was getting better at the end of last season, but there has been a few dodgy moments this season. Um, but to be fair, anything's better than uh, maybe what's on the bench, Carrius, and we'll get to him later on, that's for sure. We shall, we shall. We aren't done with Liverpool yet. We'll be back to them. Um, but we're going to go to, over to Manchester, um, Manchester City, that is, where they played Crystal Palace, and they beat them 5-0. I mean, James, this wasn't the... Mo- Obviously, 5-0 It's another great win for Man City, but Crystal Palace held, I think, very strong until, I think it was the 44th minute when, when Sane scored. And then the floodgates opened. Obviously, Sterling had a great game. Aguero scored again. And oddly enough, off the face of the earth, Fabian Delph scored as well in this game. So Great goal, though. How, you know, Chelsea, obviously, we've, we've talked about it last week. We kind of said, you know, Chelsea are kind of going to play Manchester City soon. It's going to be this week coming up. And, I mean, obviously, we, we, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again now. But, like, Manchester City, the way they're playing, is do you think anyone will stop them? Because the way the way I see it personally is Pep Guardiola has a great plan. Guardiola, sorry, has a great plan. But I feel like defensively still they're not great. I mean they played Liverpool and the game we watched together, although they did win I think it I can't remember the scoreline exactly. Um it was five nil. Five nil. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if it was five nil, five one, but it was five five nil. And although, obviously, in, in the end, it was a great win for them and a really good performance, before the sending off, Liverpool caused them a lot of problems defensively. And that was the first and only decent team they kind of played against at that point. So, you know, the teams they have kind of played against, I know they played Watford away, who have been done quite well as well. But I'm wondering, you know, they're playing a lot of attacking players in these games and a lot of attacking players, and they're putting a lot of emphasis on attack. Do you think eventually they may come unstuck in the defence? Do you think Guardiola's plan A might just wither out and people might figure it out? Well, you're right. Against the Crystal Palace side, they did hold on pretty well um, for a number of minutes in the game. Um, Unfortunately for them, uh, they've had a terrible start to the season. uh, And touching on them quickly, Roy Hodgson has got a lot of work to do with that team uh, and it just goes to prove that maybe Frank De Boer wasn't the problem. Was it Frank De Boer or was it Ronald? I can always get those two minutes. So I think it was Frank. Frank. Yeah, it's Frank De Boer. Good old Ronald, you know. We miss you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think they have a lot of problems. But to keep on to the... Go back to the Man City. Um, we have been saying that they didn't play very well. I mean, they... In the game that they played against Liverpool, it was a case where they looked dodgy. It's got to be uh, got to be said uh, for a number for about twenty odd minutes or so um, before, of course, they they did eventually score. Um, but they still, when they scored the goal, didn't look you know quite at the races. 
um, until Sane, no, sorry, Mane, those two time, um, got sent off. Uh, and that's when they dominated. Um, so, to dominate there and to dominate against Watford and now to dominate against Crystal Palace is one thing. I think at the a game against Chelsea uh, this weekend, that is, I think, where they're going to get their first real test. And if they can come away with a victory there and beat Chelsea, I do actually think that they may just walk over everybody. Um, the only team that possibly, uh, after that, that may be able to give them a good fight would be the other Manchester team that's doing really well, Manchester United. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but before we go on to the uh, Chelsea-Manchester City game, obviously Chelsea were in action against Stoke City. And... James, we talked about like a few in a few weeks. We talked about all the strikers that have kind of played quite well, and Morata, he he's come straight into it now. It's his first hat trick. He hasn't played that many games. I mean, he's 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 scored a, a lot of game, a lot of goals, and he you know he scored a hat trick against Stoke. I mean, what a hat trick it was as well. I mean, one of one of the goals. I mean, he he ran straight through the defence. He literally lofted over the keeper. It was a fantastic game but I mean it's quite interesting because Chelsea were kind of tuned up for one point and they kind of held on for a little while and it didn't look like it was it looked like it Stoke were coming back into it and then all of a sudden it was a 4-0 and it was kind of you know a, a ground a te- not a ground but a team that basically beat Arsenal 1-0 and drew 2-2 with Manchester City how big is a 4-0 result for Chelsea in your opinion? I think it's a very big result, especially with the looks of City and Man United having these um, big uh, scoring matches in the recent weeks and having you know their goal difference go up and up and up. It's very important that Chelsea start doing this as well because at the end of the season, you know, if goals start basically coming into it, um, the two Manchester clubs are going to be far and ahead. So. Uh, it was a very important uh, victory for Chelsea, very important scoreline. Um, and it was difficult. I heard a lot, quite a few pundits actually say that the scoreline kind of flattered Chelsea somewhat. Um, not too much, uh, but, but a little bit. Um, but Alvaro Morata, um, he come from um, Real Madrid uh, and he's basically played at Juventus and He's he's had these sort of uh, you know teams where you think to yourself you know you could do really well there because you've got these amazing players behind you and just not worked out for him and you've got to wonder one when Chelsea were willing to pay over sixty million pounds what was it in the end Matt was it sixty sixty five I think it's probably going to go to seventy million but I think we paid right. fifty eight right, so, okay. so I think it's plus add on so probably it's going yeah. to end up to be seventy. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, okay, in today's market, people probably don't think it's that much of a risk. But for a player that may not basically have, you know, done it at, in the Italian league and in the, in, in the Spanish league, to come into what I see, and I think quite a few people see, is the most difficult Premier, uh, league in the world, the Premier League, um, a lot of people were thinking maybe it would be a risk. But I tell you what, I've never seen a striker take so well uh, to to English football Morata has and I think the last person probably to do it was Luis Suarez so 
that's probably high praise from me, being a Liverpool fan, to put Morata in that. But I think you've got an absolute bargain uh, in, in Morata there with uh, him being such starting the season so well. And I'm really happy, obviously, because he scored a hat-trick and he's in my dream team. Yes, more, more on that later. Um, but the, the other thing, that before we move on to the next game, the other thing that made me laugh as well was um, my dad sent me a message saying, is this basically what we? This is basically what we tried to sign when we tried to sign Torres all those years ago. This is the player that we basically yep. tried to sign. This is what he is, <laughs> and and to be fair, I think there is a kind of point in that. He he does remind me a little bit of Fernando Torres in the way he plays. So, you know, all, all good on that. And and also we will talk about him later. He did feature um, later on the Champions League. We'll go to that in a bit. Um, but to finish off our um, very small Premier League roundup because we are going to the Champions League. Um, we're going to talk about a bit of a thriller um, at the West Ham United Tottenham Hotspur game, and that finished 3-2 to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Spurs were 3-0 up, Kane scored a couple of goals, and Eriksen scored, and then um, it was West Ham who kind of tried to almost put a late comeback, but they couldn't quite manage it. Also, Serge Aurier um, saw a red card, and I mean, James, do you think this is one of those games, I think, where we've, we've talked about Spurs a couple of times and when they play away from home they just seem like they can just beat anyone at the moment and obviously when you've got a player like Harry Kane who I think we will talk about in more length in a little while um, when you've got him and other, other people behind him, a team like West Ham don't really stand a chance, especially when Swansea played them a couple of weeks ago and set up in the perfect way to nullify them and West Ham United just throw that plan out the window and just kind of go for them. It's kind of easy picking, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you look at the, that game, and it's two teams that have very have had very difficult um, a very difficult time settling into the new homes. I mean, West Ham moved into the Olympic Stadium, now called uh, the London Stadium, I think it's called. Very massive um, name. Yes, very, very well done there, West Ham. You know, well done. Um, and I think, you know, with, with Tottenham obviously having to try and settle into Wembley, I think they were happy to probably have an away game for once and uh, try and, and and get a victory, especially against a, 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 a London rival, uh, especially. And um, yeah, Kane must be very fucking happy, but. Um, He's the the August is gone because now it's got to September. He's scoring basically like there's no tomorrow. It's absolutely ridiculous that he's you know showing a lot of people up. But yeah, Spurs, um, you know, freeing them up, and you think to yourself, say by this could be an absolute thrashing. Um, and all of a sudden, they just completely implode on themselves, and they lose. Uh, I think they lose a go goal to Hernandez, and uh, then Aurea, as you said, basically gets sent off. And then another goal basically goes in, and it's just you just think to yourself, what's going on with Spurs? You know, what's what's happening? But you know, they held on, they did well. Um, and I, like I said, I'm pretty sure they must be happy that he got they got an away game and he didn't have to play anybody at Wembley. But they're, they're going to have to go back there soon, and it's probably not going to be as a happy place. Yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, Serge Aurier. Got a red card as well in that game. It was for a second yellow. I'm not sure if you saw the incident, but I saw both. Yeah, it was quite strange. The first yellow card was there was nothing really much in it, but the second foul itself was ridiculous. When you're on a yellow card, um, yeah, 
I, I did speak to a Spurs fan earlier in the week and they, they said he seems like he needs to adjust a little bit to the Premier League because he's quite rash and he's quite kind of... Um, he, he goes for it quite a lot where I think normally when he was playing for PSG he could kind of get away with a little bit more. He maybe not have had to have defended too much. He could get away with a few more niggly fouls, things like that. And he said, this in this league I'm going to cut it. But I think going forward he said he does look like a fantastic player. So I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how how he does in this league really um, I mean for West Ham do you do you think they're in some trouble this this year obviously a lot of people have talked about Bilic possibly getting the sack so do you think that's a possibility I said it I think a few podcasts ago um, before Frank de Boer got sacked that Slavin Bilic was my favourite to be sacked first I felt that Slavin Bilic um, considering the the, the end of the season they had how poor they were playing I was very surprised that they kept Slavin Bilic on and that they gave him uh, not a great amount of money in today's market but it's still a fair bit and they allowed him to go out and buy some you know good additions to the squad the problem is it doesn't seem to have done you know very much good so Slavin Bilic I think and West Ham are in trouble and maybe maybe looking at it he could be uh, the next one for the chop yeah i think so i think definitely they have a, they have some some issues not only with Bilic but also with um the uh the the owners um golden sullivan and do you know what those um those guys are commonly referred to no i don't actually know the dildo brothers wonderful <laughs> what a what a way to basically be known. <laughs> would you like to know why they are referred to as the Aldo Brothers? Go right ahead. I really hope is they don't share one. Well, not quite. But basically, essentially, this, the reason why is basically because they made a lot of their fortune um, through pornography, which is why they're kind of referred to as that. Um, there, was, there, there was an interview recently, I think, with... Oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been... I think it may have been Sporting Lisbon. It's basically for... I think West Ham tried to sign William Carvalho from Sporting Lisbon. And the way they tried to do it, this is this is something I've heard from, from obviously the radio interview that they gave and another podcast that I listened to where they talked about it. And they kind of said he basically sent an email to like a, just a general Sporting Lisbon account. So it could have been one that we can just pick up probably from the internet <laughs> and was like, Dear Sporting Lisbon... I would like to sign William Carvalho for this much money. Regards, DG, as in David Gold, which is absolutely absurd <laughs> in this state. Can you imagine? The thing is, right, even if I sent you a message, or when we play football manager, if I was kind of going to go for one of your players and I sent you that message, you would tell me to fuck right off. You'd be like, I'm sorry, Matt, that's just outrageous. We're, and that's football gonna... manager. And this is real life. This is actual professional clubs. We're going to start getting get into a stage basically where people are tweeting each other oh lend us loan us a pair mate come on you know come on do the deal you know wink wink nudge nudge i could i could actually imagine that happening which would be <laughs> incredible but also be... apparently after that he sent them when he didn't get a response when he didn't get a response he sent a message going that's not it also it would be add-ons and then he'd like go if he like won the champions league considering this is west ham West Ham United. <laughs> we win the Champions League. We would give you this much if he did this. We would give you this much. Regards, DG. That's just incredible how he does this. And so the, the the reason how I kind of found out that 
they were called the Dildo Brothers is because on that um, interview, when I think the chairman or the, the president of the club just outright called them that on a radio interview, and I thought that was absolutely fantastic. It was hilarious. Um, so I think they're in big trouble. But it looks like they may they may look into selling up relatively soon, I think. They are, they're on the way out. Oh, well, hopefully that club clearly needs to... I mean, but... They could have come up with better names from I mean, if they're made a name from pornography, I mean, what's you know what's wrong with the Vagina Brothers or you know the the, the double deal the double dildo brothers or the Anal Brothers, you know? I think we <laughs> this is a very good time to go to our fantasy <laughs> Premier League, and uh, we for the second week in a row, James, you've beaten me. Yes, it's been a very close Not score much. again. But you've beaten me. It was, I believe, sixty to fifty-three. Oh, did I? Did I go up? I didn't actually know I went up. Actually, is that because of the? Um, Your, you would have had bonus, the West, West Brom game, I think. You would have had bonus points, basically, possibly. But your your final points of the week was sixty. Wonderful. Um, and then my it's final not, points. It's not the top, basically, of the week though. Fifty-three. No, top of the week was um, Simon Rutt with Holmer Green Colts. So congratulations to you, Simon. Um, so let's have a look, James, at your team. And yep, you had Morata, who got a massive 17 points. Which didn't is captain, no. Just, just, oh. It's frustrating, but you did captain Lukaku, who obviously I scored. I did. And, who, had a very, who, had a, who had a good goal, well, you know, considerably. But, and they drew against Southampton, which, that's a very bad game for Manchester United. Didn't expect that to be coming. And obviously, you had um, one of one of the things I found very interesting was Zanka, who is the whole not whole sorry the Huddersfield the Huddersfield defender. defender eight points, man. Yeah, like where did that come from? Talk you us know what, through it. You know what? Actually, Zanka's been in my team for a couple of weeks now. He's um, when I saw Huddersfield on the opening day of the season, and I was looking to change my team around. I was very impressed with how they played, and. I found out that he was quite cheap and I, I knew that he had played in the first game. So I thought, you know what? Most of the times I play these games and I really always try and go for names. So in that instance, I went defenders don't really sort of ever sort of gain too many points or lose too many points. So sod it threw him in brilliant choice in my, in the end. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, what saved my week was actually we'll talk about it. Huddersfield, um, I I have Foster in goal. Mm-hmm. He's my normal keeper. I think West Brom pretty decent, but they played Arsenal away, and I was like, well, my sub keeper is the Huddersfield keeper. So I thought, oh, you know, they're playing Newcastle home. I think it was at home. Let's let's stick him in and uh, see how he does. He got nine points, which I am very very happy with. I think it's basically been my highest scoring keeper so far. Not bad so at all. I think I I could possibly keep him in. I'll I'll, I'll see how that goes. Um, but otherwise, yeah, pretty a pretty good week all around. And uh, next week, I'll just have to catch you. But we'll see how we go because obviously, we'll see. We do have Chelsea, Manchester City, and I do have, I think, two Chelsea players and obviously Aguero in that as well. So I think, that could I think, offset the balance. I think I've been very lucky, basically, with this, the people I've chosen scoring. I mean, I had Lukaku, Hernandez, Murata, Salah all in my t- my team and they all went out and scored uh, six goals between them so not bad at all yeah I agree um, right well let's move on to the Champions League shall we mm. <laughs> <laughs> this 
So it turned out, James, we're gonna we had your moment earlier where Liverpool Shall won, we rip the and it seems off? like we're going to rip the bandaid off and go back to Liverpool. I sent you a video um, earlier yes. on where basically all the all the young children were dabbing at the camera, and Jurgen Klopp basically looked very upset because he was one of the only managers who could not dab at the camera. And can you walk us through why that was not the case? Well, first off, I like the fact basically that you couldn't dab because I hate people that dab and you should basically go to hell. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, Jesus, this game, after being Leicester, I got to admit, I thought to ourselves that we'd go on to win this game. And it started off very well. I think we play, we were playing very well. We we dominated for about 20-odd minutes. Um, and then we gave away a silly free kick. I thought it's right in the centre. We should basically sort of do well with this. We should save this. Um, Carriers, of course, is our Champions League goalkeeper for some strange reason. Um, and yeah, a free kick, straight a goal. Had a little bit of curve on it, but if you watch the replay, Carriers should save that. Any keeper worth their salt basically should be saving that, and he didn't completely sort of missed it um didn't even really get close to it to be fair and yeah yeah basically we went one nil down um it wasn't long actually before we got back into the game a, a lovely little move basically between Mane and Coutinho um which made one all but yet another game just like the Burnley game just a few weeks ago where that was one all we had so much possession so many shots the um the Sparta Moscow players were all over the place and they terrible at defending it looked terrible basically moving forward and the other thing was is that they kept losing players to injuries they kept losing players to um fatigue it's like how have we not scored how have we not won it we should have dominated this game on the scoreline but not on or not basically on anything else you know because we've We've just done really well with it. And the main issue I had was he started taking players off. Or the wrong players. I, I still don't understand when if you, the player you're playing up front, which is Firmino in this case, is not scoring the goals and he hasn't done for quite a few games, you've got to start putting somebody else on that can instead of taking off the players that are supposed to be helping. And he took off he took off Mane and brought on, on Sturridge. It's like, well, Mane hasn't played for a couple of games. You know, just leave him on. And it just, it, in the end, it, just very, it was a very frustrating game. Um, and that's two games now. I mean, it's a severe game. Yes, okay, it was very annoying to have lost the lead and to draw two all home. But they're a very tough team. Whereas Barlow and Moscow were, in my opinion, very poor. And we should have won that easily. And I think it's you know it's actually four points dropped out of a possible possible six. Uh, and it's been a poor start basically. So hopefully um, we can get two easy wins against Maribor uh, in the next two games to give us some hope basically of getting through to the next round. It could be a very good platform actually. I think to have those two games head to head against Maribor. Um, so. Let's hope for, for yourself and other Liverpool fans listening that that will be the case and you'll get some big wins there and inspire some confidence into the rest of your Champions League campaign and qualify. 
Um, mm. Let's go now, very briefly, to Apoel Nicosia, Tottenham Hotspur, where we're brief. I don't really have a great deal to say about this game, apart from Harry Kane, perfect hat trick. Yeah, have you seen that? I, I watched it today. Very, very good hat trick, basically from Harry Kane. And it just goes to show you what a good, what a good player he is, and what a good finisher he is. The best thing, also, I love about the hat trick, not the fact that he's perfect as well. The, the best thing about it is he did it in the right order: left foot, right foot, header. All of it was in the correct order. I don't like he's Tottenham. I, I will admit that I'm supposed to try and be as impartial as I can, but I'm sorry, I don't like Tottenham. But that really was a joy to watch. And I mean, if we can kind of drift our minds away from Tottenham a tiny bit and go to England, I mean, if if Harry Kane's in the form he's in now, do you think if it comes to the World Cup and he's still in this kind of form, do you think he can he can kind of lead England to any kind of glory if he keeps going this way? You'd like to think so, you know, for being an England fan, wanting to actually see them ha- having some bloody success, which, you know, I have actually seen a decent England team since 1996. And you'd like to think he's, you know, the Alan Shearer, you know, of, of that day to day. And the only problem is it's the players behind him that have got to perform rather than him, because I think he will turn up. I don't think he'll be like a Wayne Rooney where he plays well in the qualifiers, but then gets to a major tournament and doesn't, um, players behind him. I mean, you know, if you're still playing Joe Hart, who's sorry, Joe Hart, you've been absolutely bloody awful for West Ham so far this season. And it's quite, quite clear, basically why Guardiola's thought to talk to himself to get rid of you. Um, but yeah, hopefully Harry Kane is keeping form into those games in the world cup. But like I said, they've got to basically have the players play behind him. We shall see. Um, now let's move away from the English teams for just a moment. And it's quite a big bit of news today. Um, obviously, Paris Saint-Germain played against Bayern Munich yesterday, which we thought... It's quite interesting, I think, when when Neymar and Mbappe did sign for PSG because we were kind of thinking, yeah, they're good players, but PSG maybe, you know, they've still got a long way to go. But they played Bayern Munich yesterday and they won 3-0 in an absolutely incredible performance. And it resulted in the sacking of the Bayern Munich coach, Carlo Ancelotti. Um, now, I think it was um, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge said, the performance of our team since the start of the season did not meet the expectations we put to them. Um, so, James, what, what, do you, what do you kind of make of, I suppose, the performance of Bayern Munich in that game and also Paris Saint-Germain? And, and the kind of news since that game that Carlo Ancelotti has been sacked? I mean, as far as I'm aware, I mean, Bayern Munich played very well last season. You know, they I believe they won uh, Bundesliga. Um, and I think they performed very well all around. Um, to get this far into the season, you know, it's, I mean, I, it's not very far at all. Um if you're you're a few games in, you're two games into the the Champions League uh, group stages, and you've gone and sacked Carlo Ancelotti because a bad performance at the weekend and a bad performance um, tonight, from what from what basically I'm reading into this. I mean, okay, yeah, okay. If you're going away to Paris Saint-Germain, and yeah, I mean, they're a very good team, but as far as I can tell, he's been given the the, the the word basically down from the board that he has to start bringing in 
youthful players and start basically sort of um, giving a chance to those kind of people. That's why they brought in James Rodriguez to give him a basically go on, on the team. And they, um, I forget the right winger's name. Um, Kingsley Coman, is it? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was playing on the wing basically, and they were giving these people the chance. And Robin and, and uh, Rebury basically were on the bench. So if they're telling him to do this, and they're not getting the results because the, the the veteran players are on the bench. You know, you got to allow him time, basically, to reintegrate those. And I think Robert, from what I can tell by a quote, is not happy, basically, with uh, being left on the bench. So, um, yeah, it's come as a shock. But to be fair, Paris Saint Germain have got a lot of good players now, and they obviously, you know, were willing to spend truckload basically of money on the likes of Neymar and obviously getting Mbappe in um, I think he's a loan but I think they're obviously going to be buying him at the end of the season um, so yeah they're obviously on a team that are taking everything seriously they want to they want to win the Champions League and like so I don't think 3-0 is such a, a surprising result to be fair I mean from the looks of it from what I saw last night Bayern Munich had a lot of possession had 18 corners so it wasn't if they weren't trying yeah. last night. And I think maybe, maybe they basically may have jumped the gun on Ancelotti. But I hear uh, Thomas Tuchel is um, probably the, the front runner for that job. Of course, he did a very good job um, at Dortmund. So, yeah, I think very surprising. But Carlo Ancelotti apparently maybe wanted back at Milan. So he'll land on his feet. He always does. Well, I've, I've, uh, I've also seen that... Um... By, by Munich could also be in for Jurgen Klopp also so do you think if he yeah. if he were to do that would you take Ancelotti Liverpool back in return you know what when, when Klopp basically wasn't you know before Klopp basically joined uh, and Ancelotti was touted to come and join Liverpool I at that point in time, I was going to be welcoming with open arms because I thought he did a very good job at Chelsea. I think he's done a very good job uh, anywhere he's uh, he's managed. So, if Jurgen Klopp is to go, not being fair, I can't see it happening. Um, not not because you know we're better than Bayern Munich. Uh, I just think Klopp's one of those people who he's already said that this possibly could be his last management job, and wow. I think he's for the long haul. I think he's thinking to himself that he's got that sort of project. He doesn't want to give up. And unless the chairman of Liverpool basically thinks to themselves, we've got to make a change, which, again, very unlikely. Um, I don't see him. But if he did go, I, I would welcome Carlo Ancelotti to, to Liverpool. I think he's a very good manager. And I think he's got it certainly sure up the defence because he's a very good defensive manager as well. Not based on last night's performance, though. Okay, and uh, finally we're going to go to Atletico Madrid um, where Chelsea managed to beat them in the last minute of the game. Um, if you if you look at the scoreline, James, this would I think this game would suggest it was a smash and grab. I'm not sure if you watched the game or not, but I I was very impressed because I, I assumed, obviously, Atletico Madrid are one of the best teams in Europe. I was kind of thinking, you know, we'll be very lucky to get a point out of this game. But Chelsea started incredibly well. They kept going right from the off. They pressured them. They did so well. They had so many chances in the game. Um, 
And then there was a moment of madness from David Luiz on the 40th minute, I think, where he pulled a shirt in the, in the box and suddenly Atletico Madrid scored their first chance of the game for a penalty. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, oh, here we go. Atletico Madrid now, they're going to be able to hold on to a 1-0 lead, just like we've seen so many times with that team. But, you know, Chelsea came out exactly the same way in the second half, carried on pressing, pressing, pressing. And it was Alvaro Morata again, who we talked about earlier, who scored a great headed goal from an amazing cross from Hazard, who Hazard also was playing in a kind of second striker role behind him where he could kind of float around. It wasn't the left winger role we're used to seeing him playing in, which was great again. Um, and then it was Michi Bashaway in the 94th minute. And it was very, literally the last kick for the game. There was no kickoff. The whistle went afterwards, who managed to steal the winner. And I think, obviously, James, I'm delighted. I, I almost lost my voice. Actually, my neighbours had to come down last night. They knocked on my door and said, is everything OK? Because I was shouting and jumping around so much. They thought something was going wrong. <laughs> That's how much I was kind of going for it. <laughs> so they were kind of worried. But I, I you know, from, from your point of view, obviously, Roma are in our group as well. Um, you know how how big of a win do you would you say this is for Chelsea? Well, a way to Atletico Madrid is always a big win um, in any circumstances. But I think uh, the fact that you went one nil down and you did come back and you did get a goal, especially at the end, because obviously they've got no way of getting back into the game at that point. It's pretty much over, um, and that's why again. Um, Again, it was, it was a very good um, player who maybe not getting as good of a chance, basically, as probably many people um, think he should. Um, but he does the job when he comes off the bench, and it's a very good goal. And considering the fact that you have got Athletic Madrid and you have got uh, Roma in the group, to come away um, with two wins so far, at the start of this group. It's a very good start for it. And it leads well, basically, to the thing that you will qualify from this group from that. Yes, I think when Liverpool Liverpool have the, the double header against Maribor, we will have the double header of AS Roma. And we'll see how that will go for, for Chelsea and uh, the rest of the club. So that kind of leads us to the end, James. Um, we have one more weekend of Premier League action and then we're back at another international break. It, no, feels, indeed. it feels like it was only a couple of weeks ago, which it was when we had the last international break, but that'll be the last one before the World Cup. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been another great episode, I think. We've uh, we've enjoyed talking through the football. Um, Liverpool 1-1, one, one, you know. There we go. <laughs> It'll be a couple of weeks <laughs> before we can me. do that again. Yeah. You out. We'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> so James, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? Uh, you can get us on Facebook at Full Time Team Talk, and you can also find us on Twitter at Team Talk. Or I can never remember the I, Twitter one. I had it. I had it up just in case. I could never remember the Team I was Talk like, one. Let's see if James gets it this week. At Team Podcast is that it? You crack it. Yes, that's it. You saved yourself. Yeah, saved myself. You've got yourself a goal line clearance there. Oh, bloody hell! If only Liverpool could find one of those. Um, <laughs> And also, you, if you want to listen to us, you can listen to us via Acast, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Brilliant. Very professionally done, James. We will see you next Apart from week. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> professional, man. What? Wait a minute. I've got a thing now. 
I'm going to keep this all in. This is, I was Fantastic. about to finish. I was like, yep, thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you. And then, nope, just absolutely done. <laughs> right, so, again, take two. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. We'll be right back.